This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars. This is attorney blah blah. Brown and Crouppen. Phillips and Associates. Lowell the Hammer Stanley. And I'll get you lots of money for your blah blah injuries. Broken bones, burns, paralysis. Victims, victims, victims. Call me. Call me. Call now. Call me right now. 459 cash. Oh my. Our friend Sean Cole has always been impressed by lawyer ads. I would say more totally confused by lawyer ads. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, like really like is disaster footage or your cousin wearing a judge's robe the best way to represent your practice? But I started looking into them, these lawyer ads in particular, the sort of like fly by nighty bottom feedery seeming ones. And I fell down the well into the Byzantine crazy subterranean wonderland of lawyer advertising regulation which has eras to it and factions and there's this seemingly endless civil war in Lawyer Nation about whether lawyers should advertise their services at all. But first, let's just enjoy (laughs) and indulge ourselves in some of the more excessive, nay, surreal examples of the genre. Maestro? Here we go. (laughs) If you've been in an auto accident, here are a few important tips. Don't give a statement. So these are the kinds of commercials you see at three in the morning on basic cable when everything is going wrong in your life. You've got your sort of central casting lawyer in front of a bookshelf for whom every syllable and hand gesture is a hurdle. We understand the serious effects that an auto accident can have on your life. But then you have your performers. Permanently injured, size matters. The bigger your check, the better. I'm Lowell, the Hammer Stanley. I love Lowell, the Hammer Stanley. There are images of airborne cars engulfed in flames playing behind him right now. I don't stop hammering until the size of your check satisfies you. Call me and let's talk about size. Lowell, the hammer stand. There's actually more than one hammer in this tool bench. I'm Jim Adler, the Texas hammer. I avenge injustice for the injured, the mistreated, and the ignored. There's even more than one hammer named Jim. I'm Jim the Hammer Shapiro. I swear to God, I thought this one was a joke. I cannot rip out the hearts of those who hurt you. I cannot hand you their severed heads. But I can hunt them down and settle the score. I'll squeeze them for every dime I can. So those are the Crusaders. I mean, it's still all about money, but... Uh, you know, they have a Captain America protector quality about them. In a few of these things, it's just pure, unfettered crassness. I was in pain, and I called Spencer and Associates, and he changed my pain to rain. At which point, money falls all over her body. Usually only happens in the strip club. The pain to rain alchemical process is fundamental to lawyer television. Your injury is a commodity. And apparently, cashing in is a cinch. Call me. It's just that easy. Call me. Call me. It's, it's just, just that, that easy. easy. Call one eight seven seven C Brad. And you know, look, I grant you, these things are—they're almost majestically terrible, right? This is Bob Garfield, co-host of the NPR WNYC show on the media. For twenty-five years, he was the ad critic for Advertising Age magazine. There is no attempt for subtlety. It is the hard sell. There have been a few of these lawyers over the years who have tried to be funny. You know, a lot of personal injury lawyers sometimes, um, in order to cast themselves in their own ads, 
we'll do some sort of you know, uh, nominally comic scenario that they're a star of. How can you tell when a lawyer is lying? When his lips are moving. That is funny and lawyer jokes are great. But let's get serious. Uh, but basically, it's, you know, the key words are, call now. Call the Rely On Group now. Because, like, obviously the, the cynical view is, like, here are some sharp... Call the Goldwater Law Firm now. <laughs> if you or a loved one has had a Depew hip replacement, call the Goldwater Law Firm right now. You know, I have a certain grudging respect. Having looked over and over and over for 25 years at extremely artful executions of fairly obscure creative ideas, I am so delighted... <laughs> <laughs> to see somebody saying, I got something to sell. I think you should buy it. Call now. You know, it's honest. It's honest. Now, sometimes of dubious legality because the ads themselves frequently skirt uh, the legality of solicitation. Different jurisdictions have, have different rules. This is what I was talking about in the beginning. Rules regarding what you can and can't say in an ad, who can appear in your ad and what they're allowed to say about you. All of that is regulated to tighter or looser degrees by each individual state bar association and state Supreme Court. Because, as proven by history, lawyers will tout themselves exactly as loudly as they're allowed to. See, back in the 19th century, you'd see ads for attorneys on the front page of newspapers, alongside ads for doctors and saddle and harness manufacturers. But in 1908... The American Bar Association put in new rules saying all instances of self-laudation, that's what they called it, self-laudation, defy the traditions and lower the tone of our high calling and are intolerable. Business cards were okay. That ban lasted about 70 years. And then in 1976, the law clinic of Bates and Osteen ran one little classified in the Arizona Republic saying... Do you need a lawyer? Legal services at very reasonable fees. Divorce, adoption, bankruptcy, blah, 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 blah. And uh, in short, the Arizona bar got mad and suspended the two lawyers. Bates and Osteen appealed all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And in the now infamous Bates versus State Bar of Arizona, the court ruled that lawyers have the same freedom of speech as everybody else. Gavel, gavel, lawyers can advertise. Then all hell broke loose. That pretty much opened up the floodgates. This is Elizabeth Tarbert, the ethics counsel for the Florida Bar. She runs the department that regulates lawyer advertising there. There was kind of a wild, wild west situation where lawyers were advertising any way they wanted because there weren't regulations, where there had been just flat out prohibitions. So Florida actually um, had a couple of different blue ribbon commissions and they adopted the first set of rules and because bar leadership was very concerned about what statements lawyers were making in their advertisements to try to get clients. Elizabeth Tarbert wasn't with the bar back then so she doesn't know what those ads looked like but an attorney I talked to named Steve Miller does. Look when I first started practicing he's a divorce lawyer with offices in Florida and Massachusetts. I worked for a woman in Florida doing personal injury work and she was one of, I won't say she was one of the first on TV, but she did a lot of TV advertising. And her ad went something like this. You hear a car crash. You, <laughs> you would hear a car crash, see, hear the sirens, and then they threw a doll, a baby doll, into the picture, which, <laughs> which 
<laughs> I'll never forget it. I won't say her name, but it, it, it was just the worst thing that I ever seen. I mean, and so I'm sure that had something to do with the bar. <laughs> Coming in and saying, "Look, you can't, you can't do music. You can't do dramatizations. You can't have your clients come on. You can't do that stuff." It actually goes way beyond that. Florida has some of the strictest guidelines in the country for these ads. For instance, testimonials. If a lawyer writes the testimonial him or herself, that would be misleading. That's not the person's actual experience. If it's not the person's actual experience with a lawyer, they're not qualified to judge the lawyer, then those things would be misleading. Now, think of how many lawyer commercials you've seen that use testimonials. The insurance company kept asking me to hurry up and sign a release. I was thinking, what's the rush? Of course they wanted Jason to sign quickly. Of course some of them are written by the attorneys or their advertising consultants. Oftentimes the actual client doesn't even appear in the ad. I'm Jason Smith. He is not Jason Smith. He's an actor performing a testimonial, which is also prohibited in Florida. Nor are you allowed in Florida to have actors playing authority figures, like cops and judges, saying how great the lawyer is. Nor are you allowed to have actual cops and judges saying how great the lawyer is. People inherently respond to authority figures, whether they're real or not. So we prohibit their use in advertisements. Does Robert Vaughn fall under that category? I wouldn't consider Robert Vaughn an authority figure. He's an actor. But he would fall within the prohibition in the same rule about using the voice or image of a celebrity. Again, kind of pervasive in other states. Tell the insurance companies you mean business. Tell them you've hired Jacoby and Myers. They go after your rights piece by piece by piece until justice has been served. Well, they'll be in court. Call Jacoby and Myers. Elizabeth Tarbert says the rules are meant to protect the public, that people should pick a lawyer based on what she calls objective selection criteria, rather than fancy pants promises and sound effects. If you break the rules, the penalties are not really that dramatic. The worst that might happen is that you'll get what's known as a public reprimand. A bar sends out a press release, so your reputation is kind of marred, but it's not like you're going to be disbarred. So that's Florida. There are a few other states that are strict. Iowa and Texas, weirdly, given that it's home to one of the hammers. Insurance companies rarely play fair and hand over a fair award. They must be hammered and hammered before they see the light. I'm Jim Adler. Massachusetts and Connecticut are still pretty wild westy. And if you're a national firm operating in a bunch of jurisdictions, you have to comply with multiple sets of rules. That's what Lucian Perra has to deal with. He's a lawyer with Adams and Reese in Memphis. And among other things, he advises nationwide firms on their advertising. And sometimes he'll be looking over the disclaimer rules, for example, and he'll be like, Okay, state A says you got to say this, but state B, if I say what state A says, state B is going to say, well, I can't say exactly that. So I got to weave it together somehow. It is a morass. Mm. It does what it's, I think, in my opinion, intended to do, which is it deters um, lawyer advertising to some significant extent. Now, Lucian's state, Tennessee, is pretty loose. In fact, it's been widely reported of late as the state where you'll see lawyer ads featuring space aliens, giant robots, and both dogs and cars that can talk. Guys, come here! Huh? All the cars in town are talking about you. Talking cars. They say you're the go-to guys for car wrecks. And even now, more than 35 years later, Lucian says there's a cohort of lawyers who will see an ad like that and say... Look what Bates versus State Bar of Arizona hath wrought. There are many lawyers today, many lawyers today, who feel that 
much that was that is wrong with the profession today, if not all that is wrong with the profession today, dates from Bates. That lawyer advertising turned us from a, a profession into a business, and they just think it's undignified for lawyers to be on television pitching their services generally, much less talking to dogs or aliens. They just think that demeans the profession. And you don't have to look too far down the road in Tennessee to find one of those lawyers, namely Matt Hardin, a personal injury attorney in Nashville with his own practice. I'm sorry, I've got a big bunch on this. The first half of it's about the history of history of advertising. Um, Last year, he and the Tennessee Association the, for Justice, uh, which is a group of plaintiff's PAJ, lawyers, filed uh, two petitions to the state Supreme Court asking them to change the advertising rules in Tennessee so that they essentially look more like the ones in Florida. There was a public comment period, some First Amendment advocates got involved, and ultimately the court said no. But Matt is determined to keep trying. And I asked him. And, and so do you think Bates was the sort of the beginning of the end, like the, the Big Bang that created the downfall of the sort of stature of lawyers? I do. I mean, if you look in the, you know, in our history in the 50s and 60s, you had lawyers being seen as a, a proponents of justice. You know, you have things as far back as like uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. But those, uh, what I would call the halcyon days of p- positive public perception of attorneys seem to be long gone. What most people see, unfortunately, is this unsavory advertising, and they base their opinions on lawyers on that advertising. Um, but my, you know, my biggest concern about this is how it affects the jury pool and makes people think that you're just out for easy money. That is, if people start thinking plaintiffs and their attorneys are just out for easy money, they might get cynical about the process. And cynical people become cynical jurors, and no one gets a fair trial anymore. That's the calculus. And by the way, Matt's not opposed to advertising writ large. Um, I advertise myself. Though not on TV. I advertise in movie theaters. You advertise in movie theaters? I do. And online. His ads sound like this. What to do after an accident? Call Matt Hardin Law, your experienced personal injury law firm. Our personal so, you know, injury attorneys very different tone. And visually, too. There are just images of gavels and ionic columns and Matt in this ad. Which makes you wonder if maybe there's not something more basic about his objections to the dog and robot commercials. Is it just that you think the ads aren't classy? No, I don't think it's up to me or anyone else to make a judgment over what what the class of an ad is. But do you think they're not classy? Um, I don't have an opinion on that one way or another. I mean, that's not really what I'm trying to... Really? Because I think all of us have an opinion (laughs) on that one way or the other. (laughs) I believe some people are actually turned off by that type of advertising, but... I don't believe I don't think they would do it if it didn't work. You think it works? Absolutely it does. They do work, yes. They do work for those that they appeal to. This is Lowell the Hammer Stanley. I am the hammer. They are the nails. Wow. That is it's just it's just like watching YouTube. That's what it is. I don't think I mentioned Lowell the Hammer Stanley practices in Norfolk, Virginia. He's been a lawyer for more than thirty years and Truthfully, I was a little nervous about asking him what the hell was up with his ads, but he answered the question before I even got to it. I mean, the ads are the ads are not uh, sophisticated. I'm glad that you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I saw my ad, me personally, mm-hmm. I would never call me. Really? Yes. The ads do not appeal to me. They are over the top, and some might even consider them tasteless. 
but but they are not designed to appeal to people like me who listen to NPR and watch uh, uh, PBS. They're they're they are uh, designed to appeal to people to uh, who watch uh, shows like um, uh, Jerry Springer or, or things like that, who are good and fine and decent people. Uh, and uh, but they are used to uh, commercials, and uh, they want a lawyer going to fight for them, and. Uh, that's what those ads are, are designed to appeal to. It sounds a little like a class distinction. Well, the answer, it, it, it may be considered a class distinction. Uh, if you are an educated person who's a Ph.D. or a banker, or you, you don't need to get your lawyer from, a, from, a, from an ad. You mm-hmm. have friends. You know somebody. You, you have a family lawyer. You go to them. This is designed for hardworking, uh, blue-collar, uh, bus driver, the Little League coach, uh, somebody who's who's hurt and doesn't know where to turn, doesn't have a lawyer, and is afraid of lawyers, and wants somebody who's going to fight for him. That that's what what they're designed to appeal to. And if that's true, there are almost certainly people in Florida whom those ads would appeal to. And so finally, I asked Elizabeth Tarbert at the Florida bar if I called myself the Hammer and screamed and had flaming blazing behind me, would that be okay? There. Uh. I think there are aspects of that that are not objectively verifiable, which is required under our rules. Mm-hmm. That you hammer them. That's that's a subjective term. <laughs> right. We, I can't prove that I hammer. Attention, accident victim, victim, victim. If someone, somewhere, owes you big, big money, it pays to hire a heavyweight, a heavyweight. I'm Lowell, the Hammer Stanley. Four, five, nine. Cash. I'm the Avenger for the injured. 99% Invisible was produced this week by Sean Cole. Collectively, we are Sam Greenspan, Katie Mingle, Avery Truppelman, and me, Roman Mars. A version of this story originally appeared on the podcast Life of the Law, which I think you'd really like, and it was edited by superstar Julia Barton. We are a project of 91.7 Local Public Radio KALW in San Francisco and produced in beautiful downtown Oakland, California out of the offices of ArcSign, a firm of architects who are collaboration junkies and weird enough to want some radio producers hanging around. God love them. Support for 99% Invisible comes from our Dauntless and Erudite listeners and from Tiny Letter. Email for people with something to say. My friend Wendy McNaughton always has something to say in her Tiny Letter newsletter. What do you have to say, Wendy? There are nine bison in Golden Gate Park. Nine bison in Golden Gate Park, not buffalo. And their names are Broomhilda, Bellatrix, Betsy, Buttercup, Bailey, Last Cow, Unnamed Cow, Michelle, and another bee name that nobody can remember. If you're thinking, I'm glad I know that, but it would be better if that information was next to beautiful ink and watercolor drawings of bison. You are smart and correct, and you owe it to yourself to get a copy of Wendy's book, Meanwhile in San Francisco, a city in its own words. It's beautiful and amazing, and you would know all about it if you subscribe to her tiny letter in frequent yet significant updates from Wendy McNaughton. Tinyletter.com. It's free, easy, minimal, and powerful. The simplest way to send an email newsletter from the great people behind MailChimp. We are a founding member of Radiotopia from PRX, an indie label of the best story-driven audio programs, bringing podcasting to a whole new level. This week on Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything. I found this old box of Fitbits and, you know, Nike fuel bands, and I sewed them into the inside of this shirt and actually kind of just 
change the circuits around. So I've made it to where it becomes kind of a taser. Why? Why? Find out why on the new Theory of Everything. You can find a link to that show and all of our fellow Radiotopians at radiotopia.fm. Radiotopia from PRX is made possible with support from the Knight Foundation and our launch sponsor, MailChimp, who celebrate creativity, chaos, and teamwork. If you're interested in supporting this and other podcasts like it, email sponsor at prx.org. You can find this show and like the show on Facebook. I tweet at Roman Mars. Sam tweets at Sam Listens. Avery tweets at Truffleman. Katie Mingle could learn a thing or two about tweeting from her mom, Pamela Mingle. We also have a Tumblr that Avery maintains. But the headquarters of all things 99PI is at 99PI.org. Radiotopia.